0: The topics for this six-week series are the big topics you can find on the back, and this week is revival of God's people, and boy, that, it makes absolute sense, because any time revival breaks out in a community, it always starts with the people of God. Uh, Gypsy Smith, he was an evangelist, he's now dead, an English evangelist, and somebody once asked Gypsy Smith, uh, what can I do to have uh, a revival? And Gypsy Smith said, well, do you have a place for prayer? Well, yeah, I I have a place I can pray. He said, okay, go to that place of prayer and uh, take a piece of chalk with you. I've got a pen. He said, take a piece of chalk with you, go to that uh, place of prayer, and you kneel down and then draw a circle around your body with the piece of chalk, and then I want you fervently day after day after day to pray that God would pour down revival on everything inside the circle. And if you do that, you'll have your revival. And he was making making the point, uh, let us not pray for uh, the revival of others until God has first caught our souls on fire. Do we need revival? Yeah, sometimes we do. Well, what is revival? Uh, e. E. Shellhammer uh, wrote a biography of George Finney. He was a great American revivalist in the 1800s, and here's how he defines revival Revival is renewed conviction of sin and repentance, followed by an intense desire to live in obedience to God. You know that you have revival when there is a renewed conviction of sin and repentance and an intense desire to. Uh, obey God. Billy Graham was once asked, is this a revival? He said, no. When revival comes, I expect to see two things which we have not yet seen. First, a new sense of the holiness of God on the part of Christians, and second, a new sense of the sinfulness of sin on the part of Christians. You see, uh, sometimes we, the people of God, uh, grow kind of calloused towards uh, the things of God, towards the beautiful treasure that we've been given in Christ, and we need, we need revived. Hosea, the prophet, told Israel this. Uh, Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. Break up your fallow ground, for it is the time to seek the Lord, that he may come and rain righteousness upon you. So Israel, these are the people of God. And Hosea says, your hearts have become hardened. I have a picture here of fallow ground. Ground that has become so hardened that it can no longer receive seed. And usually ground becomes fallow because just through time. And nobody's plowed it for a while. And the wind and the rain and the the, uh, beat on it. And it gets hardened. And, and I, uh, Hosea is saying, you know what, sometimes our hearts can become like that. And then we cannot receive all that God has for us. I've got another picture here of a plowed field. That's the way our hearts are supposed to look because God has so much that he wants to pour out into our lives, so much he wants to do in us and through us. But when our hearts are hardened, we can't experience a harvest. We can't receive harvest the word, and the work of God in our lives. And so sometimes, sometimes we need a revival. Turn, if you would, to Revelation chapter 3. That's actually our primary text for today. Revelation chapter 3. The risen Lord Jesus is talking to the church of Laodicea, one of the seven churches in uh, Asia Minor, or kind of modern-day Turkey, Uh, this is uh, through during the time when the Apostle John was still alive, so it's early Christianity. And the church of Laodicea needs a revival. Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. Allow me to read. And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write. Who's the angel? Well, probably that's just saying to the pastor of the church in Laodicea write. The words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. So this is Jesus talking to his church. And we've got to always remember, Jesus is the head of his church. And so, uh, yeah. Verse 15, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. If they're cold, they can get saved. If they're hot, they can be blessed. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I'll spit you out of my mouth. Nobody likes warm or lukewarm tap water. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself, and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen, and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. Now the first thing I want to note here is that the Laodiceans desperately needed revival, but they didn't see it. Verse 17, Not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. That's the real state of their spiritual state. That's their true spiritual condition because Jesus, the risen Lord, can see right into their hearts. And he's saying the reality is spiritually you are a wreck. Spiritually your hearts are hardened. You're desperately in need of a revival and yet you don't see it. Not realizing. And so here is a, here's the principle. Sometimes those who need revival most see it the least. Now, I've had all week to think about this. But you're coming in cold. And some of you might, not, might be here desperately needing revival this morning and not aware of it. And so one of my prayers has been, Lord, use this message today to open our eyes. If we need revival... Show us that so we can respond and and ultimately receive all that you have for us. Now there is a telltale sign that you need revival. And it it is this. Jesus gives it to us, verse 15. I know your works, you're neither cold nor hot. The Laodiceans were apathetic towards the things of God. Spiritual apathy is the telltale sign that you need a revival. Now, these they were in church, otherwise they wouldn't have been able to read this letter. They went to church, they had good theology, Uh, they had God in their lives, but they had just enough God. They didn't feel like they needed anymore. They were content. And and so they weren't... uh, There was no intrinsic desire, motivation, passion. I've been there multiple times in my life. I've been lukewarm. And I usually know I'm lukewarm because prayer becomes dutiful. Oh yeah, I need to be praying. Reading my Bible, I'm not drawn to the Word. I do it because I'm like, oh yeah, I need to be reading the Bible. I I find it, uh, I have to pray Prompt myself to talk about God with other people because He's not necessarily on my mind, and that that's always a um, that's always a red flag for me. An alarm goes off when I find myself in that state. So, if I had a large uh, thermometer, I meant to bring a thermometer, my pen is having to do double duty. Uh, If I had a spiritual thermometer and I could pass it around and it could take your spiritual temperature, what would it be? Would you be cold, hot, or lukewarm? What causes spiritual apathy? Well, Jesus tells us in verse 17. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing. Self-sufficiency, perceived self-sufficiency, because the fact is we're not truly self-sufficient, but sometimes we perceive that we are. Boy, when, whenever our hearts say, I need nothing, what we're saying is, God, I'm good. I've got just the right amount of you in my life. I, I'm, I really don't need an outpouring of your grace in my life today any more than I've already got. We're good. Let's just keep coasting along here. I'm liking life the way it is. And I don't think it's any uh, mistake that these are wealthy Christians who are feeling this way. I need nothing. And yet the reality is, the Laodiceans and we too are desperately in need of God's grace right now. Every single day we, are, we need the grace of God poured out afresh in our life, but we sometimes don't see it. And we don't, when we don't see it, we're not, we have no passion for God. We have no drive within us. And I'll tell you one of the, one of the um, nicest things God can do the Holy Spirit in His uh, graciousness to us, if He can rekindle a, a, a sense of need. I want to be needy of God because when I'm needy of God, going to Him in prayer is so natural. I have got to have God's help here. I need His wisdom. I've got a, I've got a friend in desperate need that only God can, can, is the answer to. And, and so prayer becomes s- so natural. Going to his word. I need the wisdom of the Lord. I need his correction. I need a a reframing of my situation. I've got to hear from God. Going to the Bible is so natural. Talking about him with friends is just, well, of course, he's on my mind. I'm experiencing uh, super fresh outpourings of grace in my life. Of course I'm going to talk about him. I've learned this uh, over and over again to the point that I have, uh, I'm have i pretty good now when things are going well and when I'm comfortable of disciplining myself to declare my need upon the Lord. And I do that. I say, Lord, I, am, I declare my need for you. Yeah, right now, family's doing well. I'm, I'm feeling healthy. Finances are great. But, Lord, I am as desperate for you to be pouring out your grace in my life today as I've ever been. I am needy of you. We want, uh, I want, because I know it's a key to having a, a revived heart. I want to walk around with a sense of I desperately need God in my life today in fresh ways. How much does this statement I'm rich, I've prospered, I need nothing characterize your heart. Well, Jesus, he's so gracious, he doesn't just point out the, uh, the sad spiritual state of the Laodicean Christians. He also gives them the prescription. Here's how you can spark Revival. And he gives them two ways to spark the revival. The first one is repent. Repent of the things that have been hardening your heart. Look at the end of verse nineteen. Those whom or verse nineteen. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. Not casually. Zealously. This is serious business. When you find your heart uh, hardened towards the things of God, apathetic towards the things of God, get serious about it. Be zealous and repent. What is repentance? Repentance is have a change of mind, a change of heart. Do it differently. Now, it can involve a sense of gr- of gr- sorrow. Ah, I, I, you know, the Lord is, the Spirit brings uh, us face to face with our apathy and we say, you know what? I grieve over that because it makes light of God. And I grieve over that because that's not the way I want to live. Thank you, Lord, for revealing it. But at the end of the day, it's about, a change. It can't, just, it can't just stay at a regret level. It has to translate into action. Be zealous and repent. Now in verse 18, he tells, the, uh, he tells the Laodiceans three things they should repent from. And he puts it this way. He says, I counsel you to buy from me, number one, gold refined by fire so that you may be rich. And number two, white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen. And number three, and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Here's what I think he's saying. Number one, regarding gold, I think he's saying, repent of the fact that you have uh, so little valued God. These Laodiceans, Laodicea was a wealthy city. We know that because in AD 60, Uh, they had a big fire break out. And the empire, the Roman Empire, offered financial assistance for the rebuild. Laodicea, so prosperous. No, thank you. They declined the the empire's offer because they could take care of themselves. And you can imagine that sense of self-sufficiency was part of their culture, part of their value system, and seeped into the Christians' attitude as well. And Jesus is saying, you know what? Uh, you are valuing material wealth at, at a minimum on par with me. And that's a big mistake. Mis- material wealth is not true riches. Buy gold refined by fire. I think Jesus is saying, you know what? Your financial wealth will burn up at the end of time. You can't take that with you into eternity. You want to buy from me the kind of wealth that's already been refined by fire that lasts forever and ever and ever. And nothing we have materially will last forever. It's only the stuff that God gives us, the spiritual. And so he's saying, Jesus The the risen Lord Jesus is saying to the Laodiceans and to us today, repent for so little valuing God. Number two, white garments. Those are uh, representative of purity, righteousness, holy living. I think what Jesus is saying is, uh, Laodiceans... You need to repent from giving sin safe harbor in your life. You seem to care so little for pursuing a holy life, a pure life, a righteous life. You are dabbling in the, the sinful pleasures of this world. And it's, it's shameful. Boy, have you... Are you giving sin safe harbor in your life? You know what I'm talking about. We've all done this. That one's okay. That one, I I need that sin. That brings me a sense of security. That brings me comfort. That brings me pleasure. Number three, Jesus says, salve to anoint your eyes. Laodicea was a town in which eye salve was created. Uh, Not not necessarily created, but uh, they made it. They manufactured it there. Eye salve. helped people with their physical sight. And Jesus is saying, you know what? Yeah, you can help people see physically, but you can't help them see spiritually. And I think he's saying, Christians of Laodicea, you need to repent for not seeking my Wisdom in my heart more often. See, part of that, I need nothing. I can handle it. Regarding my business, I've got an MBA. I know how to handle my business. I've been doing this a long time. I've been successful. Look it. I don't need Jesus' help as as a husband or a mother. I've got that. And so I think Jesus is saying, you know, you're going through so much of your life without asking me for wisdom and direction. Looking for my counsel, so uh, I want to ask Isaac to come back up, and we're gonna. Uh, I want us to take some time and do business with God, just you and you and the Lord, privately. Um, but I want us to take some time, uh, sitting on each of these three areas that the Lord Jesus has counseled us to repent. And uh, Isaac's going to just sort of play background music while we are um, thinking and praying. And so the first one is uh, repenting for so little valuing God. And I want you to, you know, if it helps you, close your eyes, bow your head, and um, just between you and the Lord, I encourage you to do what uh, David did. David said, search me, know me, see if there be any wicked way in me. If there is, lead me in the way everlasting. David is asking the Holy Spirit to help him identify ways, areas in his life where he's undervaluing God. I encourage you to do that. And, and if the Holy Spirit reveals, if he reveals an area, zealously repent of it. We'll just take a moment for that. Second area, repent for giving sin safe harbor in your life. Finally, repent of seeking, failing to seek God's heart and wisdom. Amen. The Lord hears those prayers. He's pleased with those prayers. He will respond. The Lord Jesus gives uh, one more ingredient to a revival, and it's this. Um, invest, invest in the things of the Lord. I counsel you to buy from me. To buy from me. Jesus is saying, you know what? Uh, revival, spiritual revival, costs something. Buy from me. Invest in this. It doesn't just happen. We have limited time, money, energy, attention. It's going somewhere. And Jesus is telling the Laodiceans right now, it's going to this world. And I am suggesting that you, uh, you reinvest. You pull up some of that, that you're right now investing in, in the world and tapping all of its uh, life. And you begin to invest it in what I can offer you. Invest in spiritual things. And so, um, do we want to have a revival in our lives? It's going to cost us something. And so, uh, for example, I've been challenging us and challenging myself 40 days. It take, you know If we're going to pray for 40 days, it takes time. It takes energy. It takes remembering to do that. And uh, one thing I'm doing is uh, on, I'm skipping, I'm fasting Saturday night dinner, Sunday, breakfast, and lunch during this series. That costs me something. I'm kind of hungry. Uh, reading the Bible, praying. So, you know, invest if you want to, uh, if you want your soul to come back on fire, it, it, it's going to cost you. You've got to invest in it. And that's one of the reasons that the church throughout the ages has talked about the wisdom of spiritual disciplines. Journey group, that's one night a week for six weeks. That costs something. But you know what? The Lord honors that. I think about David. I love, uh, can't preach this story today, but um, there's this time where David says, uh, I will not offer to the Lord that which costs me nothing. Somebody offered a field for free, and it was a field that David needed to give a sacrifice. He's like, no, I don't want it for free. I'm not going to offer to the Lord that which cost me nothing. The Lord sees our sacrifice, and what does it say to him? It says, he or, it says you're serious about this, and he honors that. So let's pray. Lord, a revival begins with us, and we want it to begin with us, Lord, And Lord, set our hearts on fire so that we go out and we go out into our community. Uh, One fire sparks another. In Jesus' name, amen.